Welcome back, listeners, to the latest episode of Loss of Lieutenant. Uh, this is Nick, your host this evening, and I'm joined by co-hosts... Jacob and John. Well, guys, how's it been? I don't think we've done an episode with the three of us together. No, yet. this is a new trio. Yeah, that's right. So, very exciting. Um, we've uh, Now, we've what we're going to be doing today is a couple of weeks ago we put a post up on all the different Facebooks to, to reach out to our listener base and uh, and see what uh, what sorts of questions they wanted us to tackle. Not them, not they, but what you, our listeners, wanted us to tackle. So we've compiled the, uh, the you questions. You specifically, specifically, listener, yeah. what you wanted what, to know. What you wanted, listener. Your question will be answered. So if we don't answer it, it's Nick's fault. No, no, no. I compiled pretty much all of them, I think. Uh, so uh, also big shout out to uh, to Rid who contributed about half of the questions that we'll be answering. Thanks Straight for away as well. Absolutely love it. It was great, but um, yeah, I mean, before we get into that, guys, uh, how have how have we been? Any uh, been been playing many games? Jacob, I believe you're you're in a bit of a dearth of games at the moment. Is that right? A dearth. It means not many. Mm, I've been trying to. I'm so rusty. I had one against Ryan uh, Sunday. Yep. Oh, um, so you did get a game in. On I, I did get a game in. I need a need a couple more after being away for two weeks. I'm just. My infinity head has just disappeared. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a, a Tunguska versus uh, the Runma. Runma? Rama. Rama Task Force. Rama Task Force. The new sectorial for Huck Islam. Yeah. Um, it, it was, um, he, he won. He absolutely... Um, he got rid of all my hollow men did that he, I had on Did it. he have um, Tariq Mansuri? No, he actually ran a... Um, was it Kawaji? Oh, yeah, I don't know how to say yeah. it. But yeah. So, so Tariq, but without the character version. That's right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did have the fatality level two uh, Spitfire. Sure. Um, the Holoman, uh, for what's worth, oh, took, you, you ran a Holoman. I ran a Holoman link, yep. and they, for what's worth, took a spanking and gave it back just as much. Um, just we were playing safe area. By the end of it, most of that link was dead. His um, Kawaji link was dead, or well, technically it was a Ghulam link. Um, with Karate, Karate, those things. The, yeah, the, yeah, the guys with the red face headscarves on, yeah. um, th- with them in it. Yeah. No, well, no, they all count as gulams. Yeah, yeah. So they're in a gulam link. Yeah. That's what I mean. Um, and just just by the end of it, I didn't have any specialists to secure the area, and he did. John, any um, games lately? Not that many games. I've uh, I've played. Obviously, a couple of times on Thursday nights, so a regular Infinity night that we've not seen you at for quite some time, actually, Nick. Yeah, I got a, I got a new job in a different part of the city, whereas I used to work you know, on the east side, and so it would take me like literally 15 minutes from my office to get to House of War. I now work in North Melbourne, and so to get there, it literally takes an hour. Yeah, because you have to go on the eastern. Yeah. And the eastern <laughs> at rush hour like, is not a good thing. Before I had to, like, the first time... Like the very first week I started this new job, I'm like, yeah, I'll go to House of War on Thursday and see what it's like. And it literally took me over an hour to get there. I'm like, how can people do this every day? <laughs> this is the absolute worst. But, um, yeah, so I'm actually... Uh, there's, a, there's a bit of a talk about organising a new game night one night of the week or every fortnight or something in the city. No, no. Um, which hopefully... Like, I'm really keen to get on board with because it would not be very far for me to get in there. Um and to sort of tap into that uh, that aspect of, of the of the of the city as well, for because I, I believe there's a few people who who kind of work in the city, and it would be good to yeah. to have that sort of accessibility yeah. for them as well. But um, uh, is it good games in 
the CBD yep. has also started hosting monthly 200 point little eight person tournaments eight I think, per- yeah. intimate events mm. so eight person max. having been in that shop you probably wouldn't want to do many more I than don't that. think I've ever actually been there so it's it's not a big place yeah it has the um, the funk shall we say ah yeah. right kind of they should probably replace the carpets yes that's it, that's it. I went there and played a game against uh, Russell um, and the guys that work there were also having a game of infinity so they're really up for it. Yeah, and it's—I mean—it's great to have a store that's that's keen to yeah. get people in and, and run run these events, even if it is only eight people. Yeah, um, the first one's going to be mid July, and it's already sold out. I mean, mm. eight people doesn't take long to sell out, but they've already got the tickets available and got the events up for the future months of yeah. events as well. So it's yeah. not like it's going to fall away. So if you are a local local Melbourne people, if you are keen to to get in on that and it is only 200 points so it's a great for a beginner level uh person to get in at as well so um that's really cool um speaking of events we've got another one coming up john which you're involved with yes yes myself and uh fellow host who was supposed to be here tonight but he's cried off because apparently he's got a little toothache uh julian um our new local walker of course now officially um, we're running the third in our slow grow uh, league, which will be just a standard three hundred point ITS tournament. Um, that's so on the take whatever you want. Three hundred points. There's no restrictions like there has been on the previous events. No, because it's um... no third round of the slow grows. Hopefully, everyone should kind of have a bit of an idea what's what? going on. Yeah, what was so... the restriction on the second round? Second one was limited insertion. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and so so I guess it's been kind of almost as a slow grow, like an escalation league, almost kind of. Yeah, each, well, that was... each event has been bigger that's right yeah that was kind of the idea yeah so yeah so that's on the 13th of july at house of war um details on our facebook page if you are interested and are local even if you're not make the trip down we'll be uh, happy to see you that's right um cool but uh now i've had a few games lately i went up to uh, my hometown of newcastle for Novacore. You're um, the first one to be able to talk about Nova yeah, from Melbourne. That, that's right. So, um, I mean, we're not going to cover it too much now yeah. uh, because we are planning on doing a full uh, recap Especially episode. given that only one of the three of us was actually there. That's so. yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I'd be happy to talk about it for half an hour, but um, when... Uh, so Kev was there as well, uh, who's one of our Kev fellow hosts, um, was up there as well. So he and I are going to, when he gets back from, from his work trip, we'll do an episode... Um, on that, and I believe uh, local player Val expressed interest in coming on to have a chat about his experience up there as well. But um, Gavin Bateman, uh, pillar of the community, ran an amazing event uh, with I think there was ninety-two people or maybe ninety-four people in the That's end. Pretty good. Um, I came fiftieth uh, with two ma- three losses and two major wins. Um, now it was pegged as a one hundred person tournament, and so by me coming fiftieth. I, I don't care if there was only 92 or 94, whatever it was. I don't care the, the actual numbers. I came dead center. You, you scared off the other eight. Yeah, that's right. So, um, But had an absolutely amazing time. Uh, and I think about a dozen, 12, yeah, 12 people from Melbourne made the trip up to Newcastle. Mm. Which is which is absolutely amazing. Um, we all flew up and, and had a, like we went out for dinner each night and went out for drinks and things. It was really absolutely a great time. Um, and and that, was, that was the... the, the 
probably probably the social aspect of it was the, was the best showing for uh, for Melbourne because the Victoria team did not do too well in the actual rankings of the event, but everyone had an absolutely amazing time, and um, I'm sure there'll be even more of us come up next year yes. for um, uh, for uh, Novacore 2.0. And hopefully, of course, the uh, we won't have the same problem we had with CanCon this year where tickets will sell out so quickly that we don't get the uh, infinity numbers that we possibly could have as well. Yeah, well, so I mean, it's a, it's a bit different because the way that... Um, so from, from what I understand, uh, Gav has run events at um, Battle in the Vines previously, which is an existing event where other game systems have tournaments at the same time. So I went to Battle in the Vines last year, and I think there was like 40 or 50 people. Um, so it was still a big That's tournament. Still great, yeah. It was still a big tournament. Um, but this year he purposefully uh, had the event separate from Battle in the Vines so that he could have the entire space hmm. uh, just for Infinity, which is the only way we could possibly have a 100-player event there um, because the place was packed. Um, I was chatting with one of the guys uh, who... Uh, assists in running the monthly club that they run there at the, the I think it's the legions um, and th he was saying that they could it is physically possible to have enough tables for 120 people um, I don't know how and he tried to explain it to cozy. me but, but I, I think I just had too many beers by that stage to, to kind of wrap my head around it but <clears throat> tetristic that, that yeah, <laughs> that's right yeah uh, but no it was an absolutely amazing time and um and uh, looking forward to, to getting up there again for, to, for some more games. But um, I guess the other thing that I wanted to talk about as well is uh, in terms of new releases, not really specifically Infinity related, but from a painting aspect... The model painting mold has been shaken to its core. To its core. Oh my goodness. Um, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's the, the model painting mold has been shaken so much that... I actually picked up a paintbrush, which is which is which is something. So the, um, the Games Workshop have released their uh, contrast range of paints, which um, are magic and uh, and and amazing. I mean, the way that they've been marketed is that a single a single coat is uh, the base coat, shading and highlighting all in one go. Um, now I'm a terrible painter, and uh, I'm sure many of you, many many others out there, would love to improve their painting skills. I grabbed a few of these on the weekend and put some paint onto some of my Kingdom Death monster um, miniatures, and they just look absolutely amazing. Um, much better than anything I could have done with with regular paints. Um, John, you went to a like a bit of a I guess a show and tell. Yeah, thing it's kind of like the... a um, a little sort of paint and take event at one of the local um, sort of game shops. They don't stock any Infinity stuff, but that, you know, we don't hold that against them. Um, uh, but uh, they basically, I think a lot of shops were given a few things by Games Workshop to do these kind of demo days. Um, so basically it's like, you know, grab a mini, um, they've got all the paints out on the table, just go slap it on and have a go and see what, see see, what it looks see like. See what it looks like, see, see if you like it. Um, but I spent more money than I'd expected to. On the, when I went and bought these paints because they're not cheap but it's um, games workshop of course they're not cheap of course oh, how much are they? Oh, I think they were like $11 oh that's a bit each pot but the pots are bigger than a standard GW pot mm. so they're kind of I believe halfway between a, um, a standard GW pot and their new wash size yeah. sure yeah I'll say that okay um, and, and in my little painting foray last night I only knocked over one of them <laughs> so um, uh, but that's, it, a, that's, that's a um, oh Spatial awareness. No, it's a trial you have to go through knocking over one of your pots. I did that with Nern Oil. 
Yes. Yeah, so. uh, along with that and um, drinking your paint cleaning water, paintbrush mm. cleaning water. Yeah. Have not done, done that one? Really? I, well, I don't drink coffee or like hot chocolate that much. So when I look at my mug, I'm like, oh. Yeah. The only other thing that I have been up to, I've not been painting so many minis recently, um, mostly because I've kind of got a lot of the stuff that I've got painted at the moment. Um, but I've been on a bit of a terrain building. Uh, oh yeah, exercise. you did. You did mention that you you bought a whole bunch of terrain. What did? What was it you actually picked up? So the stuff that I've been building over the last sort of week or two has been some uh, battle kiwi stuff. Okay. Um, Oliver from New Zealand. He's a great guy. He does some really cool kits. Not sort of thing that you see every day as well which is nice um, and so I've uh, put a few of those together and got them painted and I'm waiting on a big order of uh, stuff to come from the UK a company called TT Combat um, they're doing a bit of a sort of semi-industrial um, table which I'm hoping to take to CanCon next year so oh, nice. hopefully have a couple of tables up there yeah like well, mine. when um, when you've got them all together and um, put a bit of paint on them we'll get some photos up on the on the Facebook page and everyone can have a look and see what um, what they're doing. My uh, my terrain exploits, as the two guys can see, still are sitting over on on the shelf. Um, they're still half done. Hey, you've got you've um, got some more built since last time I was here. Oh so. uh, yeah, I do. I've uh, I've I've got a whole bunch of stuff from Knight to Dice and um, Warsenal. I've got a bunch of Warsenal stuff in their um, uh, Black Friday sale last year, yep. uh, where it was like if you spent a certain amount of money, you got free shipping and shipping of this stuff because it's so heavy from the states to australia is is quite a bit of money so i jumped on jumped on that and everything was 30 percent off and so i had to get to this this uh this point that was uh like i can't remember what the dollar value of it was but i'd clicked on everything in the shop that i wanted to get from them and i was like two-thirds of the way there after you added the discount I'm like okay i guess i'm gonna have to buy more things um, and so That's how they get you, Nick. Exactly. <laughs> so I've had this decent stack of uh, of uh, laser cut MDF that's just been sitting in its plastic wrap for months since last uh, Halloween or whenever that was, and so I finally started uh, getting it out and putting it together and putting a bit of putting a bit, a bit of spray paint on there uh, as a base coat, and um, so I'm really keen to have have my own table as well, which is not terrain building is so much fun. Yeah, I love I, it. I, I agree as well, and also. Once, once you've not even the not just the building aspect, but once you've got all the stuff together, setting up your table and just blocking. So, putting it together so you can create your own world and build a story into the table and, and how you want to set it up. Like with uh, with Kev's table that um, that Reed put together, that's got his that is his compound. That's table. right. Um, doing something like that where you, where you can build a story around it and, and have a have a way that you set it up and, and, and incorporating terrain rules if you want. But if you've got a certain way that you set the table up and you know how you want it to be built, then you can say that this area has these terrain rules, this area has these terrain rules. If you bring it to an event, you can print have that printed out and put it next to the table so that everybody who plays on that table can play it the same way as well. Yep. That's it's yeah. I think terrain's one of those things that people don't necessarily neglect in Infinity because yeah, we all know we need plenty of it, but it's one of those things that I think people should get more involved in. Mm, no, definitely. But um, You could just be like me and rely on you two guys to build all the terrain for all the tables. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, every community has its leeches. So, uh, <laughs> you're supposed to laugh at that, guys. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> but, but, thank, oh. thank you, John. 
Um, okay, so I guess we can move on to the the uh, the bulk of the episode today, uh, which is going to be a, our, our listener Q and A. Um, so we've gotten. I don't know how many questions was there. Maybe twenty or so questions. At least, I would say. Um, and we're just we, we've we've all uh, we haven't discussed our answers uh, prior to this. We're all just going to go through uh, the questions as they are and uh, and jump straight in. So, like I said, um, big shout out to Rid for contributing so many questions uh, because and, and and because he did uh, gave us so many questions to address. We've put all of Rid's questions together at the start. So we don't want to sprinkle Rid here and there. No, I don't think Rid is the kind of person who who can be sprinkled. Also, Um, that involves moving up and down the list that we've got. That's just it's already it's already made. It's already the 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 the, the die is cast. So straight up, first off from Rid, what is the wackiest use you've had from a combination of skills on a unit's profile? Who'd like to go first? John, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily a combination of um, things on the profile, but it's always the most... Like, for example, I think I've maybe said before, um, an Oniwaban pulling a motorcycle out of a, uh, a panoply, it, it's not quite the, the same thing, but... I mean, when, it's when, a... when anything gets a motorcycle <laughs> out of a panoply, the day just gets better. That's right. And when it's somebody, you know, with a... Um, lightsaber monofilament close combat weapon you just drive by and just slash somebody's knees off <laughs> that's, that's quite fun Jacob uh, I'm gonna say I was playing I was playing Ryan and I had dart um, and the ability to have camo which gives stealth and climbing plus means you've got this um, SMG toting MSV1 unit that's constantly climbing around the sides of walls to so you shoot something and it's allowed to turn if you hit them allowed to turn around and face you but then you can then you can then climb up climb down with dart shoot and then climb around the wall again to their back because you've got stealth and shoot them again I can imagine spider dart yeah I can imagine how that could be uh that can be frustrating for a, for a player to have to face. Um, other than the only other one that I suppose really blew my mind when I heard about it was the um, the old use of uh, <laughs> super jump to fire at the back of any model's temple uh, silhouette. We're not talking about. Oh them. right, because shooting Jacob in the like, back from the front. Because Jacob likes to cheat. That's <laughs> I don't, where did that come from? <laughs> I, never, I, I never even knew that existed. Um, um, yeah. So, I, so I think, since, um, since the FAQ, you can no longer no, shoot I, yeah. in the back from the front. Shoot at someone's rear from the front. Yeah. So um, I found out about that cheese. I think maybe a week before they released the FAQ, so you couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, that's pretty dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, my uh, my favorite combination that I've put on the table myself is so so, Quang Shi. Okay. have a skill called Biolocator. Oh, which, yeah. Which, when they activate this it... This is brilliant. Yeah, I love this one. When they activate it, they can... Um, they, they go unconscious and also become a repeater. Is it a repeater for good? Yeah. Okay. Yep. They, they, they are then a repeater until they get revived or killed. Yeah. Um, and then you take your Sujan, uh, who can then go and... So you mean Oh, okay. ...the Quang Shi... Mm-hmm. So it has an unconscious repeater riding around on its back. <laughs> I, I like that even better. Even better than the other combination I thought you were going to say, which was if you get the 
um, heal someone from unconscious classified, you knock one of your Quan Chi out and, re- and heal him in your back oh, of your base. Oh, yeah, I definitely do that all the time. So if, It's fucking brilliant. If, if I love it. If I ever get the classified where you have to heal someone, I'll just make one of my guys go unconscious standing next to my sofa tech and then bring him straight back up. Better, better yet, that works for the, your um, Sujan uh, one, works for the classified where you have to Casavac something into your enemy's deployment. I'd never, I hadn't thought of that, okay. Um, but I generally, I just I do it because I like the idea of um, a uh, unconscious Quang Shi who's just kind of been strapped to the back of a cat form uh, <laughs> Sujan flailing around as the thing gallops forwards. It always reminds me of um, uh, the scene in uh, Mad Max Fury Road where he's strapped to the front of the dude's car yeah. just to give him blood. Yeah. Um, okay, question two from Reed. Uh, which profile has unexpectedly done the most work for you? Okay. You go first this time. We'll go back around. I don't way. have an answer for this one because everything that I have done that's done work for me, I've kind of expected it to. Although, I guess... What, what about Major Luna? See, but I, I use... I don't think that's unexpected. No, well, what, but what about the first time you used her? Again, no. again I, I was always like, yeah, this is... This is going to be pretty effective if I do it if I use it this way. Mm. Um, the thing that has again, uh, I mean, I'm going to give the same answer that I did for the first one. Quang Shi, do work. Um, pistol crits are a thing because they crit with pistols all the time. Um, one of my games at um, one of my games at at Novacore, um, I was uh, Quang Shi was at long range and behind cover is at negative nine, uh, ballistic skill 11, so I'm hitting on twos, right? And my opponent, I think it was a TR bot or, or something with a HMG, he threw a lot of dice at me. Uh, I'm like, okay, I'm critting on twos, throw my die, but it's a two. Uh, he, he got a crit as well, so it didn't actually take him out, but it negated his um, his, his role. So, mm. and that's the thing about, um, about, uh, about critting on when you're at negative nine, if your target number is two, it means you've got a when you if you do hit, there's a fifty percent chance that it's going to be a crit. That's right. Mm. So maths are a thing. Exactly. Um, um, for me, uh, I think Keisotsu with a missile launcher. It's a terrible. I mean, let's face it, Keisotsu are terrible. They're BS ten. They are you know line infantry. And their special thing is courage. Yeah. That's right. Yes. So you know, have to survive the shot first. But if you get them in a five man link. Um, you're firing two missiles in ARO. Um, you, if you can manage to, to hit, that's still three saves they're taking. Mm. You know, it's, mm. uh, they're not they're not as terrible as they look. Yeah. As soon as you get that five man link, they do actually start doing work because they're still they're BS thirteen at that point sixteen. If you're firing something that's not in the link, you're generally able to compete with them at the very least. And if you got that long range, maybe you'll win. And, and so the st- the stock KSO two is. BS not ten nine points yes. or ten points. nine points for a, a nine, basic case yeah so it's not hard to like once you've got that five man link you've still got a lot of points to mm. spend on other things obviously yeah. you're not just going to have a missile launcher and four nine point guides there'll be some other things I mean, well you, you, I've done missile well, launcher and four nine point guides well, just to give me an order battery and an ARO piece sure. you could if you wanted to spend the money on it could do an entire command group that's just maybe two rocket launchers and Keisatsu that only costs you a hundred something points, and you have plenty of room for everything else. Mm. And you just, oh, I lost the dude. Got another guy back into the squad, and lost the dude, another guy in the back of the squad. Uh, for me, um, and this is not a unit that is thought of as being bad. 
um, it's Yojimbo. Yojimbo, no, no one thinks Yojimbo is a bad unit, but I've had him. I've played games with him with him where I feed him all of the units in a command pool, and he does everything in the match for me. He'll he'll kill things. He'll complete objectives. Um, he'll complete is, my. Is he a specialist? No, but if like you know, I played um, looting and sabotage, ah, uh, sure, and it was just him and my tag doing all the work, and that was it. Um, but I've had other ones where he's did he cleared pretty much the entire back line, and the rest of my army just moved up to do the like specialist touching points. That was it. Fair enough. Now the next question is. Uh addressed to me specifically. Thanks for this one, Rid. Uh, when is Nick going to start playing TAC, given his expert demonstration of shell games with the uh, surprise wedding? So, uh, for those of you who don't know, I got married recently, and... Um, Congratulations again. Thank you. What was the date? Uh, it was the 25th of uh, May. 25th of May? Yeah. Your wedding. <laughs> you were there as well, so... No, but uh, I don't have to remember it. You do. Yeah, fair enough. It was the 25th of May. And uh, so that was, it was our, uh, we'd advertised it or, or penned it as our engagement party. Mm. And then once all the guests arrived, uh, Kirsty went out the back and got changed into a wedding dress. I went out the front of the room and uh, on the microphone, thanked everyone for coming and said that I've got an announcement to make and that we've set a date for the wedding. And it was like, yay. And then uh, from, uh, and then the, uh, the date that we've set is today. And everyone just exploded. Um, I think you might have arrived just after that announcement. I, I was. You, I, you, you would like literally came in seconds before Kirsty walked up the aisle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I walked in, saw saw uh, saw Julian, and thought, "Oh, they're just mingling." Sweet, I didn't, I didn't miss, I didn't miss whatever's going on. Walked straight up to Julian, Julian and I was, "Hey, what's going on?" Because everyone, everyone was obviously dead quiet when I freaking walked in, and they go, "Oh, they're getting married." I looked to my side, and Nick's like. Hi, I'm, I'm the groom here. I was like, oh, fuck, all right. And we, I just grabbed me and my partner and just got out of the way. Because I saw the aisle and I thought, oh, i, I got to get out of here before I'm in the way. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I'm, I, I don't plan on playing TAC. Um, but in saying that, I have... Uh, the recent lists I've been building have had a lot more uh, camo troops in them to, mm. uh, to to play the shell game on that side of things. So, yeah. so when when are we going to see you play something other than Eugene Nick? Never, <laughs> not 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 uh, not not ever. I'm sorry. Honestly, um, honestly, with what IA coming out, why would you? Or yeah, having come out, why would you? Yeah, and uh, we do have a future question about what's the best uh, vanilla faction. Uh, so. Uh, you can guess Spoiler alert. My, my, my answer to that question in the future. But uh, the next question on the list, again from Rid, we're not through Rid's questions yet. Uh, which faction slash sectorial do you dread facing across the table? Any of the new ones. They've got, they got rules I don't understand. People surprise, them with, <laughs> surprise me with them. Freaking playing Julian and uh, going against... Oh, it's got a... It's got the um, Stratus Cloud. Oh, I know, I know the one you mean. One, the one that came with a spell call. Um, I'll, I'll take a look at its name. But I just had no idea of how difficult that thing could be to shoot in the first two player turns. Um, and playing uh, playing Kirby, uh, playing Ryan Kirby uh, on Sunday, just no idea what it's like to fight a... Um, I, I knew how to play, or at least I had an idea of how to play a... Super jump faction. No idea how to play against it. <laughs> Bouncy boys. 
Uh, my answer is OSS. They're one of the what you classify, I guess, newer factions. But they always every time every time I've played against them, uh, they have just had uh. the tools to counter whatever it was I was trying to do. And whenever I whenever it felt like I was getting a leg up by starting to dismantle a link team or something like that, an engineer would just come in and 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 res up the uh, the Dakini that I'd taken out or, or something like that, and it would just uh, I, I just felt like I never achieved anything in any of the games I played against them. So at the moment, my most dreaded faction is uh, OSS. And it was the uh, Drawl Saboteurs. Uh, For me, I think um, it's going to be another, well, not a new faction, but it's been updated recently, um, Shazvasti. Mm. With the the fact that now Sheskin in a link it could be effective BS21 um, and she's got Protheon so she can just go nom 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 I've got mega wounds now thanks very much and it doesn't even have the normal disadvantage of uh, Protheon in that you have to use your hand which is minus one fizz but she's fizz 15 I believe so she's still just going bam 14 but you can do it to unconscious models as well yes you can coup de gras you do it with coup de gras gras. I I, I get that but still so you don't even have to use it as a close combat attack and then Um, the last thing of course is that oh just you know, randomly we'll just give some a speculo now with mine layer. Sure. So, oh, so with a, a role that they're going to make probably most of the time, um, I'm in your deployment zone. Oh, and so is a mine. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. I uh, My first game at Novacore, I played against uh, a five-man Sheshkin link, and, uh, yeah, it was it's nasty. It is uh, it is nasty. So um, the, uh, the next question here, do you guys have plans to host guests from your local meta and or international slash national uh, infinity players and personalities? Well, I mean, yes and no. Like, we, I guess the format that we're running is more mm. just, I guess, the the boys group has a chat sort yeah. of thing. Um, where we don't want to go down the same path that White Noise have done, where it's like almost exclusively interviews all the time. Um, I don't think us as a group want to do that um in saying that uh rid you know full well you were on one of our episodes um so if 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 something comes up uh, or, or or there's someone who's who's got something particularly pressing that they that they want to hmm. get out and, and 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 ours is the format to do it then then yeah that's it's not something that we're we're averse to hmm. um and we have some ideas of yeah, what like, we could do like we we uh, are looking at i mean we're considering in the future, doing a series on uh, faction specific, faction focused mm. episodes, and with those, we probably would get someone in who is an expert on that faction from the local yeah. from the local crew. So um, I mean, yeah. we could just get Gavin every every week if we wanted over Skype. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if if some of the uh, international guys want to come over to Melbourne and uh, and come on the podcast, but they they're more than welcome. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll host them. We'll they can out. they can sit around my my, my small table here. And um, and we can have have a chat that way. If anybody comes down, more than more than happy. But um, okay, now here we have the uh, was that the last question from Reed? It was. Oh my goodness. You want to do you want to do you want to break or read out some of them? Uh, for, oh, do you want to read out some of the questions? Yeah, yeah go for it. it. Okay, okay, so uh, Tristan Kemp, um, what are your rules for table setup? My rules for table setup. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna represent Julian here. I was given permission to impersonate him, but I'll just give his opinion. Is he always likes to have one side with a particular advantage, maybe defending, 
uh, and one side with a, maybe an advantage uh, for being going first. Um, but for him, a solid rule is always have one side slightly better than the other to give the advantage of for the person who said, I want to deploy second and pick my side. Sure. Because going first in and of itself normally uh, or often is an advantage. Yeah, I, I think you always have to have asymmetri- uh, asymmetry mm. in the table um, because one player is picking... Well, the person who wins the uh, the initiative role, you want their decision to be a tough one. Yeah. If they want to go first or if they want to pick the side that is better to yeah. pick. Um, if you've got a symmetrical table, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I mean, I, I don't think you would really see anybody put together a perfectly symmetrical table. Um, but you do want to have one that it might not necessarily be obviously better on one side, but one yeah. that, that's that, it, that if you do take the time to kind of have a bit of a look, then yeah. you can see one side is Maybe better. Maybe one has a nice, a better position sniper tower or able to access a lane or defend a lane better. Something like that. Something... Yeah. N- not not super overt, like one place has no cover and one side has all the cover. Yeah, a, a basic rule that I use, I mean, aside from, from, from that, is that whenever I set up a table, I will always look along the table edge and make sure that there's no point on the ground in one deployment zone where you can see a point on the ground in yep. the other deployment zone. I've, I've, played, I've played games where the table was built like that I just had a Marut standing in my deployment zone, wall at its knees, could see into his deployment zone, just shot him every single time he came out. Mm. I suppose, like, to, to counter that, I'd also want to have something that's something that is size 7 can stand behind. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, because there, there's nothing worse than... I mean, tags are rare enough as it is. Mm. You don't want to be building tables that are, by the very nature of the terrain you put on the table completely averse to, to, to a tag because it's just going to get shot to pieces in the first turn. That's right. For so. me, I think I would always want to try and have something in the middle part of the table, so outside the two deployment zones, that is tall to try and block any super long snipey lanes. You know, snipers are great, don't get me wrong, but I think if you've got tables where a sniper can pretty much see all of the table, mm-hmm. it, it just makes it really, really hard to try and deal with it. Yeah. I think that's probably another one is never put the tallest piece of your terrain in a deployment, in a zone. deployment zone. Sure. Because that if, if someone's playing CA, there's going to be a Noctifier up there. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I mean, yes, and I, I, I would agree, but to counter that, I'd say that if you do have a really tall piece in one deployment zone, you can set up the rest of the table so that that might not be that good based on the size of the other buildings. They might not be as tall as it, but you can still block decent... Uh, fire lanes by having me- other medium-sized buildings yeah, that, that, that can can block that. That that's and that's something that's happened to me before, where I picked a side that had a really tall building in it. Once I started deploying, I was like, actually, that tall building is not in that good mm. of a spot, even though it is the tallest on the table. I can't really see that many lanes mm. because of the buildings that I could like the places that I would want to see down. They were fairly narrow. Yeah. Uh, alleyways between other buildings or, or, or there was enough terrain on there that was blocking most of what I could... I think what, what this is saying to me is that we need to do an episode about um, 
table how table to, building how to build tables how to build table. well, we've got i've got a bunch of terrain here you've got a bunch of terrain you're That's putting right. together yep. we can do a we can do a whole a whole look at us getting ideas for new episodes <laughs> oh my goodness you um, need to put it on one of those like sleep help <coughs> places help people go to sleep <laughs> okay so um the uh you want to go to the next question john what is our next question sure so next eric, eric brackman um it's uh, a good one for Julian, uh, but he's not here. So, yep. Who skips leg day the most? Yeah. Well, I mean, I did it last week. Jacob works out. Julian works out. I don't know. John, do you work out? I I do. I mean, I haven't for the last week and a half because I've been uh, had a had a cold and if I basically get any exercise, I developed into a coughing fit. So, but other than that, in general, I do. But I tend to. I probably skip leg day the most. I'm really? mostly focus on uh, cool. upper body because that is my weakest. No, oh, your your legs is where the power comes from. I stand up for work all day, so I kind of I. Yeah, but standing up. Is, I can't afford to skip leg day. I sit down eight hours a day. Yeah, the, the, I'm the, so I, I don't um, I don't lift anymore um, since I've taken up Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I basically just exclusively train Jiu Jitsu these days. Um, so I I'm gonna excuse myself from from being as part of this question because in order to skip leg day you would have to first dedicate or, or, or commit to actually doing a leg day it because because i don't because i uh because i don't do uh that type of training then uh I, i've just lawyered myself out you're welcome good 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 excuse nick yeah i thought so okay um scott weasel asks did adam and eve have belly buttons uh no, I don't think so. Because, uh, like, if we're talking biblical, Adam and Eve, no, because they were created. What's what's, what's to stop God from just putting his little why, pinky in their stomach? But, but I mean, what's the point? Of, why would he do that? Hmm? Why would he do that? Why? What, why did he put the tree of knowledge in their reach? Why didn't he put it on a mountain that they couldn't get to? Freaking God! Because it's a story, and I don't know. If if you don't get to say that, if you entertain the fact that we have to answer this question, okay, so. <laughs> I mean, As an atheist, we, I uh, I say we move on. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a good thought experiment, John. Um, if these if they were cre- they were created by God, in, well, I mean, if they're created well, he, in he, God's he, image, here's right? a better question: Does God have Does a belly God button? Does God have a belly button? Because if they're created in God's image, if God has a belly button, then they will as well. Mm. Um, so I'm so, I'm I'm sorry. Who was it? Eric Brackman, but oh, not Eric Brackman. No, Scott, Scott Weasel. Scott Weasel. Uh, we, the the real question is: Did God? We we asked to you: Did God have a belly button? Yeah, yeah. And then it does. And, and then, then you got your answer. And then you can answer your own question. Mm. That's right. Okay. Right. Oh. Oh um, God damn it. <laughs> From uh, Benjamin Carl oh, Calero. 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 I wasn't too bad. Um, how do you play against impersonators? That's a really good question. Do you you're both looking at me. Do you want me to answer this? Well, you can I, start if you want. Okay, so my what the, I've written all I've written down here as part of my answer is harm minimization. Yes. Right? Um, when a person when you're playing against a faction that has impersonators, so uh, it's it's Huck is only Huck Islam, Islam and combined arm and, and spiral to, core to, now to, with to, this well, limited impersonation. Toa, Toa have a weaker one. Oh yeah. What's what's he armed with? Um, keep going. Anyway, mostly against those two because I've not really played played against the other one. Mm. Um, I what I'll, what you'll do is if generally um, the impersonator more often than not I would say is going to be the reserve model, and you can kind of expect it to come. Mm. 
Um, and you'll, I would deploy in a way to look at what I put on the table and think, okay, what is he going to want to try and kill? Because the way an impersonator works is generally whatever it is they're trying to kill, they will kill it, but not much else because they'll then fall over to AROs and things. Um, so if it's my lieutenant, if I've got an obvious lieutenant, I, I like to t- take Sun C. Although he's a lot more res- resilient these days because he doesn't fall down to uh, monofilament weapons anymore. But I'll, uh, it's, it's, uh, I'll, what I'll do is I'll put the model, I'll put Sun C uh, down in a corner and then I'll have two other models standing right in front of him so that it's not possible to get base-to-base contact with that model. Yeah. Um, something like that. Uh, making sure that you've got overlapping ARO in your own deployment zone, yeah. not just facing everything forwards towards the enemy, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, which is can be a, a newbie mistake. Um, and then uh, yeah, just hope for the best. Just just pray that they fail their yeah. uh, their their impersonation infiltration role. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I've been lucky against um, against uh, infiltrators, both the Fide and the um, Speculo. I had one try and take out uh, Myrmidon who decided that he wasn't going to die that day and uh, would uh, beat her in close combat. Um, and I had my uh, Marut attacked by a Speculo and the Speculo crit, so did the Marut. Mm-hmm. Um, other than what you said, uh, if you're lucky enough to have a biometric visor, which the um, Sh- uh, Shukra consultants have... Uh, the, Bow troops in ISS. Yeah, the Grenza. Um, one of the Grenzas has has it. Um, put them to defend um, your important piece, um, and chain of command. True. Most That's of the time, ta- most of the time, especially if you're playing a faction, and there's plenty of factions like this. If you've got an obvious lieutenant, um, chain of command is how you're going to beat that thirty uh, that trade that someone's gonna is gonna uh, do on you the, the only other advice i can say is if you've got something like a marut roots are quick um they can get down the field very easily put them as far back as um as you can in case that your opponent doesn't have the appetite for that um role at the very least you're burning two orders for um that speculate that for day to get into combat sure no i think um john did you have anything you wanted to add um how do I play against impersonators? I say, hi, Bob from accounts, as they cut me up usually. <laughs> but other than that, everything that you guys had said is pretty much where I would go to just make it as difficult for them as possible to kill what you want them to kill, what, what they want to kill. Yeah, Probably one of the best skills in the game. Okay, so next question from Thaddeus Griffin is... Uh, Thaddeus has uh, given us a few questions as well, so thanks for the multiple questions. Uh, we've got, should the AVA of McCool's be total to better represent their usage as a Toha line troop? I don't know what McCool's are, so... McCool's uh, are amazing. McCool's are uh, regular, super, uh, extreme impetuous, triad, Malay, heavy flamethrower, eclipse-throwing monsters. Yes, ecl- the, the eclipse grenades is what makes them absolutely and insane. As well as, I think... I call one and martial arts two. That is exactly right. All right. Yes. So, so based on for that, thirteen points. Based on that description, 
uh, my answer to the to Thaddeus's question is going to be no. <laughs> I, but I think I think there I think there's still AVA six. There, yeah. So really? they can already take six of them. Okay, that should that should definitely be less. <laughs> it might be four. They're, it they're might just, be four. They're just ridiculous. It might be four. Yeah. No, it's it's six. Is it? Okay. It is six. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so uh, should they be total? Yeah, well, six. like. Kinematica two, Fizz thirteen, so they can dodge. They can dodge engage four inches. That sounds horrible. Basically, you put McCalls with Secules, and yep. then just go around in Rambo and very much kill things. Kill everything far out. Um, to, to answer his question, probably. You think they um, should? You think you should be able to take more to, than six? No, 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 no. To represent the fact that they're really the actual line trips of Toa for the actual balance of the game. Fuck off. <laughs> Right, <laughs> it's bad enough as it is. Okay. Um, Nobody uses Kamel in Toha. I'm pretty sure that, like, you know, you, in the Toha box, you get I think three of them. It's like just throw them away. Just proxy them or something else. <laughs> I, think, I think the only time you'll you'll ever pull them out is if you want um, the white hacking device because you want a hacking device. Yes. Okay. Sure. But I mean, when the the Lowest point cost for Kamales, I'm just looking on the army now, is 12 points. And you get and, a combi rifle. Yeah, the McCall is 13 points. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, yes, they're impetuous, which is why they're so cheap, but when they've got eclipse grenades. No, no, but, try, and also, as soon as you put them in a triad, impe yeah, the impetuous goes. Away. Wow. Um, yeah. they're, an they're an amazing battery. Um, the idea of just putting them behind, like, uh, Ektros or whatever you want, uh, Sakul with HMG, two McCalls. Right, you've got these great batteries that can defend its back. Right, they've got heavy flamethrowers, and if you've got something, whatever, that maybe the heavy flamethrowers can't deal with, you just and you want to protect your Sakul, you dodge smoke behind you, you just take the shot, and your, your Makul dies and your Sakul lives. So they are very good. Yes. And uh, should they be ABA total? Hells no. 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 Uh, but I see where you're coming from, Thaddeus. Thaddeus' second question. Best sniper unit in the game. I'll let you do that one first, well, Nick. I've got two here. Okay. My first is uh, a standalone attack piece sniper, which is Major Luna. Hey. Absolutely love her. Love her to pieces. Why is she so good? Well, she's only got ballistic skill 12, but she's got a viral sniper rifle and marksmanship level X, which means that... If you're spending an entire order rather than a short skill, it is a full order, uh, you get plus six to your roll mm -hmm. and you completely ignore cover. So you ignore the mm -hmm. negative to hit and the armor from mm -hmm. cover. Um, so you are potentially hitting on 21s if you're mm -hmm. in good range. And then with her... Um, limited uh, camo, yeah. Limited camo, but mimetism. She's got mimetism and surprise because of the limited camo she's got surprise shot but only the first time she uses yeah. it um, and it's it's very easy to put someone else at negative 12 to shoot back at her on mm. that first go I will use her generally the, if I'm going first uh, I'll keep her in reserve put her down mm. uh, to directly oppose my opponent's main ARO piece if it's a TR bot or if it's somebody in a in a link team uh, a, a missile launcher for example Generally, I've gotten I've gotten pretty good at even out measuring, outranging missile launchers uh, because there is like an eight inch yeah. gap where a uh, missile there, there's zero in at, your yeah, bad ranges and I'm at plus three, yeah. um, and so you can easily put TR bots at, at negative twelve, which means that they're not going to hit you at all. Yeah. The viral means you're doing two uh, taking them have to do two BTS saves as well, which is great. 
but uh, yeah. but that's only if they've got wounds, yeah. Uh, they still take the structure still takes two BTS saves. If they've got wounds, it acts the same as shock does and kills them outright. Right. If it's only a one wound. Model. Oh, okay. Uh, that doesn't work on structure, mm-hmm. um, but they still have to take two. Um, so that's my favorite attack piece for a defense piece. I've say I say the high Dow MSV two sniper uh, in a five man link. Yeah. Ooh. So, so, uh, could, on the could, same level as the Kamau almost that's right he's got all the benefits of the five man link plus your MSV2 with that multi sniper rifle and uh, he's effectively got two wounds uh, with being shock immune and no wounding cap yeah. what's with, his armor? three, uh, three. yeah okay. he's got armor three BTS zero I believe um, but still you, you put him behind a, a piece of cover he's getting he's got good armor effectively two wounds uh, so mm. even if he does take a hit he doesn't necessarily fall down yeah yep they're both pretty good uh, I'm, I'm gonna say um, similarly uh, the Kamau MSV2 sniper uh, I think it's probably one of the best um, at the moment at the moment just that combination of MSV2 and mimetism uh, especially in a five-man link. Yeah, actually, mimetism. That's that mm. is because um, you're then you've got you're ignoring your opponent's range mod or uh, visual mods while you've got some of your own. That's, yeah, that's that is actually. Um, and then just to be just to play to my Aleph fanboyism, uh, the Dakini uh, multi sniper uh, needs a little bit more needs a little bit more support, but. Uh, also has mimetism, can uh, g- ignore cover modifiers, and can get up to about ballistic skill seventeen. Um, uh, but prob- probably my favourite one from Alef is the um, is the uh, Proxy Mark Two yeah, uh, multi sniper, mainly because it costs nothing. Even if you even including the cost of a, another proxy, you're looking at 34 points for a BS-13 TO camo multi-sniper rifle with no winning cap. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty nasty. Um, For 34 points, it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could say, you could make an argument potentially for good old Armand Lemouet, however you want to pronounce it. He's got ODD. He's got symbiote armor, so if you're in Toha, you can chuck a symbiote mate on him. And so he's like, oh, yeah, so sure. Oh, a symbiote? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that's he's a bit more expensive, though, so I wouldn't he necessarily has MSV the best. He MSV1 as well on one of his on the sniper. Yes, he does. So, yeah, he's he's pretty decent, by the way. I mean, he either, you can either give him MSV1 or you can give him mine layer. So you can, because he's, he's medium infantry and he's got forward deployment. So if you really wanted to push him up the field, don't quite know why you would with a sniper, but, you know... Um, so yeah, there's there's always that, yep. but uh, he's a bit bit more expensive. If uh, if Julian was here, he would say that the uh, the Nocta Four Hour Missile Launcher is the uh, is the best sniper in the game. <laughs> Even though it's not a sniper, it's it's close enough. And that was my impersonation of uh, of Julian. Uh, uh, just just from experience, also the assassin and I got no. IR, 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 IR. Yeah. Um, sniper. Just the ability to <laughs> say I've got three. Uh, what were like three gulams? I got three gulams on the field, and it turns out to be a heavy infantry, um, a heavy infantry decent shot uh, hollow projector, who pops out, takes a shot, goes back, 
does his job and then goes into hollow projector again. Fair enough. Cool. Okay, so next question, um, from also from Thaddeus. Um, is spec fire a sin? As uh, looking at Nick, who uh, of course the the meme that everyone must have seen of Nick at this point um, comes Can from uh, Emily from spec firing <laughs> against him at CanCon. So yeah. I'll let him answer this question. Yeah, spec fire is bad, and you should feel bad. <laughs> uh, basically, is, is my answer to that. No, no, I, I don't think spec fire is a sin. I think it is a bit funny in how it works. In that, like, you don't even have to be able to like, actually draw like like. A line of fire. If you're outside and they're outside, as long as they're not inside a sealed building, you can hit them with yeah. a spec fire. You could have which is which is magic a, bullet. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you you could have a tunnel that goes from one side of the um, of the map or the board to the other, and the the shot would have to go all the way around this and the board and go back into the tunnel, and it would still only be a close range spec fire. Exactly, because you're measuring the range just from how far apart the models mm. are, but then it whatever trajectory this magic bullet has to go to, to do the spec fire. So it is a bit weird in saying that, from what I understand, the spec fire previously was much more complicated and it just made it... It was overly complicated. So yeah. this is this has been put in place to, to, to simplify mm. it and streamline the rules, which I'm all for streamlining. Mm. Um, is it... I, I Like, I don't think... Do, does spec fire take advantage of the um, link team... Bonuses. It, it gets a plus three, but yeah. that's it. Okay. Well, I don't think that's necessary um, because you don't get the linked bonuses from something like a um, uh, what's it called? Uh, triangulated fire doesn't get linked team bonuses, so I don't think spec fire should. Um, that's just my opinion. Yeah, but um, to be fair, on like when you take a look at Starco, using that Emily to spec fire is an advantage. That's it, when you look at Starco um, in the th scheme of the rest of um, rest of the Infinity Armies. It is a tool that they need in their uh, box, whereas in a lot of other armies don't need it so much. Mm. I, 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 you know, I, I, I don't think um, that. So it's this. What you 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 your argument is is the same for the argument to uh, not nerf. Um, Ghazi, which is that if you nerfed Ghazi, Hakazan so. would be a te would be terrible. Yeah. So if you nerf Specfire, Starco would be terrible. Or, yeah. Or, or more terrible. Because I I can't, I can't I honestly can't think of another army that would take advantage of Specfire as much as Starco. Well, Specfire grenades from a grenade launcher can be quite brutal yeah. from a tag. Think of the, the swallow, heavy, the heavy, swallow, heavy grenade launcher. Yeah. But I, I faced that. Um, I, f I faced that um, when I went to BrizCon, um, and he missed probably five of his shots before he landed one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it is it is terrifying, and it does mean that if well, this is me early days playing, you're stupid enough to have. Um, a big fire team that's bunched up under that can be hit by a, a single template, um, then yeah. But it also took him six orders to even get that first hit. Yeah, that's true. And but but the fact that a player can spend these orders to, and I think this is what people when people complain about the, spe the overuse of spec fire is when someone will get them get the model into a position and then just 
spend the rest of their orders spec fire, spec fire, spec fire. Like it's not it's not that great of a play experience. Um, how you would fix that, I don't know. No, that's why we're not game designers. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, is it a sin? No. Well, like maybe I don't know. If, if you make an <laughs> show me a list that's designed around spec fire, and I'll look at that. And if it's a sin, if I think that's a sin, then it's a sin. Fair, fair. Jacob's um, point about um, having his link team being able to be hit by a single template leads us nicely into the next question from Tristan Kemp, talking about got any general tips for deployment. Well, there is a general tip for deployment. Don't put your link That's team right. so they can all be hit by one template. <laughs> I, al- I always measure to make sure that they're two and a half um, inches away at least. Sure. Um, now, the only thing that I put here was that when I'll do deployment, generally I'll look for the attack vectors on the table in the mm. terrain where I think my enemies are going to come from and where I want my pieces to go. Mm. And even just kind of mind map um, or plan the turn in my head yeah. based on if my attack piece is here it'll take this many orders to get up to here and then what am I what can I actually achieve with, with those units so all, all the other way around thinking if you have to deploy second how's my opponent what, what is my opponent with what he's got deployed likely to do to me exactly it's very different depending on whether you're deploying first or deploying second yeah. certainly yeah we had a recent uh, conversation with someone you had a game with uh, and a bit of advice I think we should we could give is don't overexpose any one unit. Nothing is invincible. Um, and if you've got, I think our very first game we ever had, Nick, you put our, what's the big dude with the two rocket launchers on his back? A Yan Huo. Yan Huo up on a building standing up. Um, and he's not invincible for, from up there. He's got tons of armor and scary guns, but he still gets hit. It's, it's, uh, you've made a pun there unintentionally because he's in the invincible <laughs> army. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> um, and the same thing with your, your your TR bots, your great snipers, or just any ARIO piece. Have a think of what they're looking at as a like a ninety a ninety degree wedge or something like that. And have positioned them to look at that and be covered from everywhere he can't see. Yeah, and I, I guess, I guess, yeah, it is something for for deployment, particularly if you're going second, in regards to what your ARO pieces are and mm. where they're being deployed. Um, in terms of of what is uh, what you use for an ARO piece, um, if anything that you have standing up in your deployment zone that can be seen from the from the enemy's side of the table. You want it to be something that you have no issues with not having in your turn, because mm. it will die, um, or it will take it will take damage. Um, I've seen like the number of times I've seen people get salty because they've lost a piece they had standing up because they wanted to arrow with it. Well, I've got, you're you're throwing one or two dice at me, and I'm throwing four or five back at you with a HMG or or whatever it is. Of course, the the, the odds are in my favor. So. Um, if, if you are looking to stand things up in, in, in ARO, um, expect them to die. Then the reason that they're there is not to kill things. The reason they're there is to slow your opponent down. That's exactly right. So I, what I would say, what I had in my little notes here was, um, don't try an ARO with everything. Sure. Because if you try an ARO with everything, you're going to have nothing left in your first turn, probably. And conversely, don't try and hide yeah, you want to you want to have you, you do want to have 
an, an ARO presence, does that mean that you've stood someone up on the top of a building so that they can be, who's got a combi rifle, who can be seen from the very other side of, of the table? No, because that's a, that means your guys at a disadvantage. Yeah. There are, there are, you want to deploy your pieces in a way yeah. that the angles that they're, that your enemy is going to have to engage them on is mm. going to be in your favour, so in your plus Or at least range. not your at a disadvantage That's to right. you. That's so, right. So you can still cover angles, you can still cover mm. fire lanes, but you don't have to be trying to cover mm. your opponent's deployment zone. Yeah, and there are, there are plenty of units, um, and pay attention to what your opponent has. So if your opponent has uh, uh, foot... Uh, um, Adriana and Tack and all that. If they've got a bunch of uh, Devil Dogs, is it Devil Dogs? Yeah. Or uh, dog, warriors. dog Warriors. Dog Warriors. And um, Iron I know I'm saying that wrong. Um, you, need, they go, you, you need to just put a bit more of a Spanish flair on Yeah, I know. Um, they're all going to be coming towards you. Um, they're going to be coming towards you. So you can position uh, yourself in such a way to take advantage of that. Um, and actually maybe put some wounds on the dog warriors or uh, kill the Irmandinos. Um, and when I mentioned hiding, there are plenty of units in the game. Three-point three, three point ox bots walk up. Your opponent's not going to worry about losing a three-point ox bot to flame a whole bunch of guys that were hiding behind some corner, and they're not going to bat an eye at spending their entire first turn to do it. That's right. So that actually brings me to a very, another very good point that I just thought of. Don't put your guys in a line... Oh. On a building, Congo, Congo lines, Congo line of death. <laughs> yep. If you have to, if you have to make them duck, if you have to put them on a roof, just make sure that there is no single straight line that you that someone can just hit everyone. That's right. Because if you get hit by a boarding shotgun, it hits the front guy and the other guys because that front guy is blocking the line of sight from mm -hmm. the others because they're all touching against the wall. They're all going to get hit by that blast template, and their dodge is going to be at negative three because they can't see what they're being hit by, and they're actually dodging against the die roll of the boarding shotgun hit. So mm. it's not just a, it's not like you're a, it's like a flamethrower, flamethrower yeah. where you just have to pass. You have to pass and beat whatever their roll was, right, which yep. you will be guaranteed to be lower than. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you need. want to crit. You, you need a crit dodge, and that's it. Um, so. The, the Congo line is something that um, you really need to. I'm pretty sure every Infinity player, when they first started, has uh, yep. has you know, had that yep. happen to them. That's <laughs> the, I, the, the Oxbots an example that happened to me probably in my fourth game. <laughs> um, all right, next question, John. Did you want to read this one out? Uh, sure. Let me just. Um, my phone is locked up, so I'm just trying to get to the list of questions. Okay, so um, from Bob Fletcher, uh, one of our. Um, Listeners from the states, if I remember rightly, he's the one guy that did the Tidewater um, Infinity oh, Patches. Is that Bob? I believe that's Bob. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Um, so, if you weren't planning to already, well, I think uh, it's one thing that I think going to have to come up sometime. Um, discuss the merits or lack of of pre-measuring. Uh, so, uh, I'm almost going to say knuckle it's crack. I'm ready for. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it's almost too hot of a topic for us to cover. I would. I would I'm going to disagree with you and cover it uh, in detail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, um, you can't give that sort of non-answer. Come on, Jacob. This is what the people want to hear. Yes, but we'd like to have some listeners left at the end of the episode. What? <laughs> we don't want. We li we will literally lose half our listeners if we start. I really don't think <laughs> half of the people no, out there. So we'll lose um, four listeners. No. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, our the, mums, the, the dads will keep <laughs> listening. Yeah, yeah. My 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 partner still downloads every episode. Um, 
Now, thanks for the downloads. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the down, thanks for them, them, them clicks. The internet points. We need, we need more internet points. Um, pre-measuring. Like I've played games that have pre-measuring. Me and, too. And uh, and it works in those games mm. because those games are built around pre-measuring and knowing where everything is yeah. all the time. Uh, if you were to actually play a game of Infinity and pre-measure. First of all, the game's going to take ages because there's so many opportunities, there's so many variables that you'll simply ignore because you don't have to think about them. Once you once those variables become known quantities, you want to know what they are, and so you'll start measuring all sorts of things. Absolutely. Um, so the game inherently, I believe, will take longer, and there's also so many things that um, the game is built around not knowing what what these numbers are it's you you have to when you when you make place an order and uh and declare an order on a model you are doing so uh not having a perfect picture of what's going to happen there are there, there are unknowns and sure some people are really good at um at, at guessing what eight inches looks like just ask my wife <laughs> uh, <laughs> does she always mistake it for six or four bam there it is thank you um, so, but and, and, and that is a skill that comes with time. Getting an understanding of of, of what this distance is, it, you you can I like. There are some known figures in the game. You know that from this point on the table at the, at the edge of the board to that other edge of the board in a straight line is forty eight inches, mm. right? You know that halfway between that is the middle of the table and that's twenty four inches. You know your deployment is twelve inches. You can generally kinda get an idea yep. of, of what's going on without having a perfect picture. And how many times have you played on a board that is four um, two foot uh, tiles put together? Oh, some yeah. Sometimes, even even then, exactly the, the the way that the tables are built, you can get an idea of where the what a twenty four inch mark is. Yeah. Um, in in saying that, um, the I I think not pre measuring the game really does have the there's there's clutch moments that knowing those numbers would 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 ruin. Hmm. Um, when you are just on that edge of, of 24 inches and, and you're shooting with your Spitfire and it's it's either going to be in plus three range or negative three range. That's a big swing. Yeah. Um, and it's something that um, for you to make that decision not knowing which way it's going to go is is an important part of the game. Yeah. It's, it's what makes Infinity the game that I want to play. Those, those little bits of uncertainty. You know, yes, we could pre-measure everything. But then the game becomes really procedural. So, oh, so, so this is 24 inches away, so I'm definitely going to use the, you know, it. It le- makes you make those decisions on the fly that might not be the best thing. So you might not have the best play experience, not play experience. You might not have the best outcome. But that's kind of fun. Yeah. You know, it just gives you that little bit of uncertainty, and that, when, that's what makes it a great game. When your model with a rifle and light shotgun uh, is declares his, his order... Yeah. Am I within eight inches or am Just I outside eight inches? Yeah. Those are the types of decisions that that you mm. want to be forced to make, not knowing that I'm okay. I'm seven and a half inches out, so I know, obviously know what the answer to, to that question is. Mm. Um, 
and uh, and 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 yes, some people are better than others at determining uh, distances. Um, th this sort of blew up recently on the was it w w on WGC, yeah. WGC Infinity, um, and uh, like some people were making outrageous claims saying the game the game is not full of uh, picture frame makers and surveyors. That of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some people who, who, who measure things for a living and can tell you what 16, 16 inches is on in any mm. direction straight off the bat. In, uh, but there's also people who, in the, it really got a bit crazy in some of those comments there, people saying that, that by not having pre-measuring, you're closing the game off to people who have... Who, have, uh, who don't have those sorts of skills. Yeah, or, or the visually impaired, for example, as well. Yeah. Um, some, like one of the comments Kev made, somebody replied to them with that. I'm like, that's missing the point entirely. Um, that the game itself is built around mm. uncertainty and if you were to get rid of that it would be a very different game mm. and I mean I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on that uh, visually in, in impaired um, uh, comment I actually I actually played uh, very early on someone who uh, was uh, visually impaired and Adriana exists probably on, or doesn't exist Ari for that. Ariadna. Ariadna. Yeah. I'm like, who's Adriana? Sorry. <laughs> Ariadna. I said it right the first time. I don't think you did. Uh, probably not. Um, Ariadna and, and those sort of armies, they based on those templates. And um, even even with that difficulty in seeing, you still get used to judging what a blurry eight inches is. Mm. Yeah, so, um, so I think this one can be put to bed. Do we need pre-measuring? No. 100% no, in my opinion. Does, um, like, I, the, I mean, the question is... Uh, I can only imagine the, the trigonometry merits. you'd be doing with your tape measure That's to right. find out all the distances. E exactly. You my you last, you my last point on, on that would be it would make hacking completely obsolete yes. for me because you would always know whether well, you're in eight inches of a hacker. And so, you know, it just basically would pretty much take, other than, you know, surprise hacker... You know, like you know, TM yeah, like hackers that, yeah. and things, but it would basically mean, yeah, okay, so I'm just going to move around, definitely staying out of range of this hacker because I know exactly what the range is. Yeah, it, it just yeah, it would mean like the shrouded, the the TO um, shrouded um, assault hacker, whichever hacker it is, would have to be probably 15 points mm. because it's the only way you could actually make it take advantage of hacking. Yeah, yeah it, like it's it's something that. that the, if you were to put like something like that in the game, everything would have to be reworked yeah. from the points, costs of, of, of units to, to basic core mechanics of the entire game would, would yeah. have to change. Um, so, do we want pre-measuring? Pre no. Um, I mean, I, I a good, a good of that. Yeah, I mean, I, almost a good... If, if you want to play Infinity with pre-measuring, <coughs> Aristea, you play on a board that has the distances already mapped out for you. You've still got the same or well, similar sort of shooting you still got the hacking it's still got that feel but it is that more arcadey sort of way of playing mm. um yeah but i think more people should play our stay anyway because it's a super fun game well there you go and you're looking at the box over my shoulder i right am now. looking right at it <laughs> yeah. having um, just built my um full metal cosmo uh, miniature oh is um, it nice oh my god it's amazing <laughs> i'm so not going to do it justice to paint it but it, it's an amazing miniature awesome um, so we've got another question. The uh, moving on now. The next question here from uh, Alex and Mason Phillips, uh, which is a pretty uh, a pretty a pretty um, exclusive answer we've got for this question. Well, so I believe I believe we have something that is direct from Corvus Belli themselves. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, it's hot. It is 
hot. Fresh transmission. Heard it here. Heard it here first. The bites are still warm. Yeah. So the question is, what is in Operation Wildfire? Uh, what is in yeah. Operation Wildfire? All right, all right. Okay, guys, here it is. Now this is this this is this is straight from the horse's mouth, right? Oh, oh yeah, hundred percent. No, I'll do it. Right. It's okay. I got this. Right. Okay. Similar to previous releases of Operation Ice Storm, Red Veil, and Cold Front, Operation Wildfire is a redacted set to be released later this year. It will contain it will contain starter sets for the redacted and the all new redacted, uh, as well as the terrain set for the redacted setting. It will be released with a pre-order limited edition redacted. Pre-release, pre-release, oh, sorry, pre-sale orders will go up on redacted. So I hope that, uh, I hope oh that answers God, your question. Oh my God, that just sounds absolutely amazing. I, I, I just can't, can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's going to shake the game to its core. Yeah, you heard it here first, guys. And that's why people tune in to Loss of Lieutenant. Yeah. That's why. Cut. We have the info the breaking that people news. need to know. Just, just like that, exactly. Well, actually, Julian's actually, we, we lied. He doesn't have a wisdom tooth ache. He's going over to Spain to <laughs> infiltrate the place. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, next. that's what's Julian. I would hate to see Julian try and infiltrate anything. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question from uh, Lachlan Summer. Uh, why should Bakunin, I said it right this time, have a more locked foe? Uh, because furries are cool. I, I that was no, no, my they, answer they, too. They're they're all like the they're not the furries. They're all like the mutants and stuff. Oh, cosplay because cosplay. Cosplay cool. Yeah, because cosplay. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Next question. Chris Chris Jarrett, uh, how do you guys feel about Tunguska as a sectoral? Uh, how would you boost it up? How would you nerf? Sorry. How would you boost it if underpowered? Underpowered. Right, I'm like, how would you boost it up? Oh, what? How would you boost it if underpowered? How would you nerf it if overpowered? Now, uh, Jacob, you've been playing Tunguska, a little bit, so yeah. Why don't you jump in on this one? Um, I think they're in a good. I think they're in a good spot. Um, they 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 came out before we saw all of these armies with shock immunity, but they don't need it, right? They've got uh, they've got hollow men who are already. Structure, structure right on top of being two wound heavy infantry they've probably got one of the most mobile uh fire teams in the entire game there's nothing that uh, a hollow man link can't get over get past right with six two movement super jump right nothing's going to phase them they can do like sweet matrix matrix things and jump backwards or off walls if except they need maybe these dazers yeah, the ones where you have to use your second second movement skill to move through them. That's but you, it, what, but you think you just like jump up or something like that? There's another way of doing it. I'm, um, just, I'm just being devil's advocate. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm answering, answering <laughs> your devil's advocate's question. Um, but they and they've got some good. No, I mean they've got good hackers. They've got good repeater coverage. Uh, the Krizaborak is with. Uh, full auto level two uh, means that if you put it in suppressive fire, it's negative nine to hit them as long as they're in cover. Because you got suppression, you got minus three from full auto, and you've got cover. Uh, the negative three from suppression and the negative three from full auto don't stack. You sure? Hundred percent. I'm sorry. I'm sad. I'm sorry. Um, um, but they don't. But they don't have things like because because basically it's 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 the same thing. It's, it's the same, same thing. Principle. They're yeah. throwing lots of bullets at you. So mm. it's, it's not like they're throwing lots of bullets at you and they're throwing even more bullets at you. Because bullets. <laughs> um, regardless, let's, 
um, they're, they're like uh, they're, they're similar to just a fire team in of themselves the one with the mark 12 and smgs and 360 visor means you go into suppressive fire with that smg or even the mark 12 if you need that extra um damage and there's no surprising it sure uh the i like the zonautica and they probably got one of the maybe the second scariest tag third it's up there top five i reckon scariest tag in the salzamanda salzamandra whatever i don't know how to pronounce it it's got a z in there yeah the it's the i think it's the most best looking tag out i like i I love it Mm. um my second favorite is the guija um but really yeah Mm. i know a lot of people are a bit a bit down on the guija the model, I think yeah. the model's great. Like the profile is like stock standard, not that amazing because there's no nothing special about it. But I think the model's amazing. Yeah. See, I'm I'm a sucker for the old Raicho. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the the old Asian sort of lookish. It's of the it. it's the kind of the idea of it as a giant monkey tag that I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I I think the I really like the new one, the like the hunter, the pelt on the shoulder. Anyway, back to Tunguska. Yeah, I, um, they I, they lack they lack the chain of command, and they do not have a lot of uh, lieutenant options. So loss of lieutenant is a real great threat. podcast. It is a great it, podcast. it is a great podcast, but it is also a real threat. Um, we are, in fact, a real threat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're not a threat to um, any podcast, but we're <laughs> we're a threat to something. Um, I, t- I I agree. Like Tunguska came out. They came out just before um, Third Offensive. Third Offensive came out, mm. which is like when we've, which we've sort of kind of saw the ramp up of new sectorial releases. Um, they came out just before that and kind of got swept under the rug a little bit because their fluff wasn't in that book. Um, we have since seen a release of, of more fluff and, and and even more models for them, like the new. Um, is it the Zon Nautica? Is that oh, what the that motorbike looks is? amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's an absolutely gorgeous model that's um, just come out this month or, or next month, maybe. Um, but they they sort of, in Melbourne anyway, when they first came out, they saw a real surge in the number of the people who had picked up Tunguska, but then mm. couldn't really grab on to how to make it work for them. So, so there was sort of like a two-month period where I reckon I played against four different people who played Tunguska and then I did not play against them again for the rest of the year. Uh, exactly kind of the same for me too. Yeah, mm. and it wasn't to, until I was starting to do CanCon practice where I played against a few people and that's when we saw the emergence of the the um, Hollow Man Link team which is a really powerful, um, powerful uh, ensemble. Um, so I think, where, where, are they overpowered or underpowered? I think they're, they're, they're pretty okay. So I think they got a little bit forgotten about. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, other than Full Auto, they didn't really come out with anything. It it was it took a lot longer for people to pick up on all the neat little things that that sectorial had mm-hmm. um, compared to uh, say when uh, maybe not Spiral Call is not a good answer. OSS <laughs> came, uh, came out or. Um, uh, or the the recent release of the Shazvasti and the um, Spiral Core rules with the the Dazer and the Stratus the Stratus Cloud. Sure. Um, whereas, in it took a while before we saw people look at the uh, Puppet Company, the, pup- the 
Puppet Tactica. Puppet Tactica um, company, where that's a really interesting a sort of link mm. um, that's made up of S1s. Yeah. So you've suddenly got something that's actually pretty kind of tough, decent shots, and they're tiny, so they're very so, easy to hide. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So, um, yeah. I think I, they sit really nicely in the game. I, I agree. Um, the, 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 fluff, the fluff gets me a little bit with the Holloman. Oh, how they're like... They're like in a virtual reality matrix thing. Aren't they, aren't they the ones that are children? Yeah. Not, yeah. Necess- not necessarily. You can volunteer or be forced into it. Yeah, great. But, uh, like, it's just, like, 2012 Call of Duty chat. Like, everybody calling other people every name under the sun. Wow. So, Sounds uh, amazing. next question from Mike Davis. Should Toha lose access to vanilla perks? Uh, and the example he gives is things like the Liberto. Um, like... How many, how many, how many the, do the, they get? Well, yeah, there's things like all the... the basically, it's just the different mercenaries that, that you can mm. take as a vanilla faction. So... Things like the Monstruckers, Liberto, um, Cube Jaeger, what other, other things like like that? I'm not crack sure. Crackpot Renegades. Yeah, crack, crack, Crackpot Renegades. Um, should they lose access to those? Well, like the the reasoning behind why someone would think that they should, I suppose, to sort of talk that out, talk that out, is that they well they don't have access to link teams. They have triads, um, so they kind of are sectorial already, but. I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think they're fine where they are. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially with everything that they're losing, um, with all the models that have been discontinued, and the way that you know, CB don't seem to to love the artichokes anymore. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I can see from maybe a fluff uh, perspective, maybe Adia Swanson could be taken out, considering that she she's also a, works. She's for, a Shazvasti. She works basically. for the Shazvasti, and they're the ones that just broke uh, Daedalus. Well, also. Tohar and um, the combined army are the ones that are fighting each other. Basically, they're the they're the two the two factions that are at, at war. So, you know, yeah. having Ada Swanson in, in Tohar does seem a little bit weird. But at the same at the same time, she's supposed to be. I think she's supposed to be a smuggler. So yeah. she's she's a, a free agent, just like the Cubakers. I mean, they don't get those many vanilla perks, and losing. I, to be honest, losing them wouldn't even hurt them. Yeah, exactly. And like the really the quote-unquote vanilla perks are just access to a couple of mercenaries that's it yeah so it's not like is is getting rid of the vanilla perks would that mean that they would then get access to uh sectorial perks which means they could take full five-man links i'm happy i'm happy with where they are yeah to be honest um, and 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 as 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 well as that i mean which we should, we should oh, well i'll ask a question now how many armies have you seen that uh, how many Toa armies have you seen that have Cube Jaegers, um, Adia Swanson, Olibertos, or uh, I suppose Ahmad Le Lemute? Le Le um, well, he's kind of he's Toha already, isn't he? He, like, he, he's a, he has he's, a Toa. He was given symbiont armor, I believe. Is the no, name no, of the no he's, he's got a Toa face. He is an actual Toa. Oh, okay, I've I've no idea. Um, Looks but awful. I mean, yeah, like the Liberto is is popular. The other ones not so much. But even, I don't think they'd be that popular in yeah. Toa. Anyway, um, compared mo- to I've seen what the the delegates like. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Raymond Roddenberg asks favorite vanilla Strong faction, name. favorite vanilla faction, and why? Nicholas, would you like to start? My us favorite off? vanilla faction is Yujing because they're the one that I play. 
Um, no, so I reckon that there's like two vanilla factions, in my opinion, are um, probably the most versatile uh, in terms of what they can do. The first one is Nomads, and the second one, particularly with the release of the Invincible Army and what that adds to it, is mm-hmm. Eugene. Um, I think they have pr- access to pretty much everything. There's nothing that they really lack, and um, that means that you can have the flexibility to build a list any way that you want to um, in both of those factions. For me, I think depends whether you want to call Tohar a vanilla faction. If, given the previous question, maybe yes we do. I mean, if, if we're going to call Tohar a vanilla faction, I think possibly Tohar. I like the, the fact that they've got the triads that you can you can and they don't have to necessarily be set you know you can mix yeah. it up with all the different things that have got triad um but if we're going to discount toha um i would say combined army because the combined army just have so many different types of units um they've got the tr bot with mimetism they've got these awesome TO camo missile launcher dudes that you know they can just take all these different things. Julian's knocked off all knocked off. It could draw in nine point Icadrons with heavy flamethrowers. Yeah. Well, they get two light flamethrowers. Oh, sorry, yes, yes. They also have the single most expensive unit in the game. They do. So, so they can do both ends. Yeah. Get yourself an armor that can do both. <laughs> Jacob, um, what you, what's your favorite vanilla faction? Oh, is, is it Fenev- oh, favorite vanilla faction? Okay, yeah, I, thought favorite. Was, I thought it was the strongest. Uh, I'm going to go, um, especially now with the update uh, with um, Operation Coldfront, mm-hmm. uh, Aleph. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're the most versatile. Um, I think that they lack the range of uh, compared to Combined Army. They lack the range of um, uh, like. Uh, camo tokens they've only really got maybe four um and they've only got maybe one or two camo things but i love the way they look i love the way that they um play on the field i've been playing around with a more vanilla uh sort of oss um list um i just i just i just really like alif it is my favorite all right next question uh, from Tim Sikowski or Pikowski. Um Are you happy with the seasonal buffs to medium infantry tags and aerial deployed units? Uh, do you think including buffs to a, a unit type several seasons in a row makes sense? Or should CB update the profiles to make them more appealing without ITS buffs? Um, I'm happy with all the buffs. I think they're great. Um... And I, th- I think we have seen an increase in the use of these units since getting these buffs, which I think is the purpose of giving them these buffs so that people play them more. Um, in regards to uh, the second part of the question about if they should just change the rules or change the profiles to reflect these buffs, um, I, th- I mean, oh, this is complete speculation, but I think the reason that they would keep them the way they are is to keep all of that within the ITS framework because that's where they get their data from. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, As soon as you change it in the full rule set, you kind of lose the insight as to what people are taking at events because when you go to an event, if it's an ITS event, you upload your lists, Corpus Belly can see all that information. Um, Why why would your games casually change what you take if the uh, profile was just updated because they would just have the same thing anyway 
Yeah. I mean, when we play, I don't know how people play around the world. When we play, we always play with the current season rules. Some people, I don't know, well, I've never met anybody like this, but sure, somebody might say, we're just having a casual game. This isn't an ITS game. We're not playing with those season's rules. Why would we? Because we're not playing an ITS game. Fair enough. Um, so that, that, that is an argument, I suppose. Um, but I think the majority of the games that you do play, because because of the way that the, um, on, the international tournament structure is built, um, 99% or 90% of the games you play are within the ITS framework. So you're going to be using those rules anyway. Um, will they change them in the future? Uh, potentially, and I mean, I don't think that would be a, a bad idea, but the, I guess they are still in the testing phase for yeah, these sorts and, of things. And that's what it, it seems to me, is it's just an area for them to test out um, some ideas, see what the community thinks about them, see how it works actually um, in-game. Um, and for me, I mean, I think the, the tag boost in this one is, oh, I'm not going to say, f- f- it's not forgettable, because it's really important to remember that you got it, but it's it's something that everyone's gotten, gotten used to and sort of just aligned themselves to have that. I think the biggest buff was to the medium infantry, because that mm. forward deployment's quite a, quite, a, um, quite a good buff. As for changing the profiles, it's, 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 it's up to whether CB sees any uh, merit in actually having all medium infantry with forward deployment level one, or two if they've already got it. Sure. I think for me, the biggest change was the airborne deployment change. And I think it was a necessary change because the rules previously, let's face it, on most tables that we play of Infinity, how many spaces do we have where you can place that circular template? And we'd be full flat with it without yeah. touching any exactly. scattered terrain or anything at all. Yeah, actually, I've changed my mind. You're, you're, you're <laughs> right. That, that Because how many times when that was a rule did you want to deploy a guy in the corner and of course you can't fit a template into a corner that's right yeah, yeah. so you know so I think that was the biggest change and I think that's the change that will stay yeah. I, I, I don't know about fatality on tags probably will I have a feeling maybe the forward deployment thing for medium infantry might get changed this season to something else that's fine but I think and I hope that airborne deployment stays the way it is because mm. it's so so hard to make airborne deployment work otherwise and I say this as a long time JSA player we, of course we have zero airborne deployment <laughs> uh, I mean to to contrast to the altruism of um, John I really want them to keep the character veteran buff oh definitely um, I, I play Steel Phalanx and about half the army as characters. The fact that you can play a hunting party and have every single unit have a adhesive uh, launcher is a huge bonus. Okay. Um, next question comes from uh, Robert Cantrell. Uh, tell me war stories about Julian Songrat Tempest retirement, sirs. Um, okay, well, Julian was supposed to be here this evening, but because he's not here, um, I guess we're just going to have to do an impersonation of Julian um, now he did, Jacob. Julian did give you permission to, but if you're not willing, I'd, I'm happy to do it. I, I, I've, I've listened pre pre recording to some 
brilliant impersonation. So I'm sorry, Julian, but Nick's got you down much yeah. better than I did. Yeah. So we went, we went, we took, we saw her at, we went to Soggy Con. Uh, it was the CanCon that year. <laughs> with, uh, with, with, where, where we wanted to get everybody to take Sogger Acts, but uh, it was only me with my Sogger Acts. Uh, and there was no noctifiers. I couldn't sepsist or nothing. And, uh, and yeah, never took it again. Oh my God, when did Julian walk in? That's right. <laughs> Julian, where are you going? Uh, yeah, it was, it was like he was in the room. Um, so there you go, Rob. Uh, that's, uh, that's the story of the Sogorat Tempest retirement. So, next one from uh, our very own Russell McGifford, or Ruffle, if we, uh, we are going to talk to him. Um, how can I make Morats love me like I love them? I don't know. Yeah, so I, I thought long and hard about this, Russ. And um, when it comes down to it, you can't force someone to love you. Sometimes the best thing to do is to let them go. And if they come back, it was meant to be. So, 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 so maybe, maybe take that to heart and, uh, and, 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 and just, just, just let them, just let them go. And, um, and then, and then, and then we'll see. After how they performed for him at CanCon, I think he should probably let them go. Yeah, probably, <laughs> I'll, probably. I'll step in for one little bit of, uh, I suppose, a serious answer, though yours was beautiful. Thank you. Um, I had the same thing, Russ, with Steel Phalanx, um, and it's about getting your ass kicked until you finally figured out what units work and what don't. So, I spent two you years... Can't, you can't say that Russell has not given more out to Red Hot Go, though. How, how long has he been playing for? Oh, like forever. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> then, no, they, they don't they, they don't love you. Um, and unfortunately, it's there's no point in staying in this relationship. If you love them, let them go. No, exactly. there's no point in staying in a relationship. <laughs> Cold turkey them. Yep. All right, next Infinity question. Infinity buy swap sale. Next, next question comes from Peter Henry. Uh, which is the better Yujing, Yujing sectorial? Imperial service or Invincible army? Don't you mean um, in, JSA. Imperial army and Invincible service? Invin Imperial Army or Invincible Service? Yeah. Um, JSA. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, JSA. Yeah, no, I'm with Johnny. I don't want it all of them. It's JSA. Um, right, so, yeah. I mean, one of those the, tables, JSA is the best. Yeah, Eugene, I, I mean. The sectorial. I changed my mind. The, the, main, the main difference between the Imperial Service and the Invincible Army is that um, uh, Imperial Service is really good at pretending to have 15 orders, while, Imper <laughs> while uh, Imperial Service is really good at actually having 15 orders. So, um, uh, the... The, to be honest, the, the you do realize you said Imperial Service. Did twice I then. said it twice? Fuck! That was so witty <laughs> yes! as well. Yes. Oh my god! I had so much wit in that comment. Let me let me let me try it again. Let me try it again. Okay. 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 Um, the 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 which is better, sectorial Imperial Service or, or Invincible Army? Invincible Army is good at pretending to have fifteen orders, while Imperial Service is good at actually having fifteen orders. How's that? <laughs> I think you got it right. Uh, I got it right that time. Okay. Um, to be honest, the best way to play Yujing right now is vanilla um, because they've got the Quangxi order pool from Imperial Service as well as all the little tricks that Imperial Service has up its sleeve as well as things like your Lieutenant Level 2 from the Invincible oh, Army Best um, Lieutenant uh, and to, to uh, add that in with um, the NCO units uh, that has access to yeah. so you can literally put the Quangxi in one in, in group one, Quangxi, Lieutenant Level Two, uh, the Mo Wang to take to with the NCO, uh, and you've got the Mo Wang has access to twelve orders if you want 
in that group. It's just obscene. Um, so even if you go first and you're a, and the person docks two orders from that pool. Oh no. There's oh no, you took two orders away. I've still got ten orders I can spend on that mm. guy from that pool, which which is pretty crazy. You can't really do that in Invincible Army. In saying that, when you build Invincible Army, most of the time it's limited insertion, so you're not getting dock orders docked anyway. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is you don't have to worry about being limited insertion because you've got. Because you get those orders, you get, there. The, you get the, the extra orders from all over the place. Mm. So, um, so which one's better? I think they're both good, but uh, the real winner from the release of the uh, Invincible Army is the uh, Eugene Vanilla Sectorial. I actually think that is what sector what, what Sectorial should do. I think a Sectorial should make a Vanilla Army better. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we've we have definitely seen that yeah. in in pretty much all the recent releases. I mean, when I when I played Julian, the, um, the Drahl Saboteur, he was saying it's better in vanilla because you get to power it with those McCools and all these other units. While as in in Sparkle, you don't have that cheap um, chaff to put around it. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, um, the next question comes from Gavin Drake. Uh, Odd snipers. How? Why? Why isn't Aleph the mistake? Why does the sun set and the moon rise? Now, I'm, I'm guessing that the odd actually possibly means ODD. Well, yeah. Did we confirm that with Gavin? Does he I, mean does he mean ODD or I does he mean him, odd as in strange? I asked him and he said both. So there's only, <laughs> so, so there's, there's only two ODD snipers. There is... Uh, Lemoy. Uh, I'll let them say it. Um, and potentially a bounty hunter with a sniper rifle if you roll a... 18, you, oh, I think, on the, booty table. on the booty table, and you get ODD. Right, so... But better question is, odd snipers. Yes, yeah, strange snipers. 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 Nelf. I know of, He's I pretty know strange. Who is? Nelf. Nelf. Nelf's strange. Nelf's pretty strange, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I did find one, I, I took a look, is, it's actually in Eugene, is the Tiger Soldier. Okay. Has tiger a sniper rifle. Wow. I've taken this Tiger Soldier. Now, I, I, I can see a use for it, it's just an odd platform to find a sniper rifle on because almost every other um, drop troop the most long range thing they have is like a marksman rifle or maybe a, um, a MK12 so the, the the advantage of taking the um, the uh, tiger soldier with the multi sniper is that um, well there's a few first off is medium infantry so if you don't want to drop him in you, you can still, still forward get forward deployment mm -hmm. if there's a really good sniper nest just outside your deployment zone but you don't have to drop as well you can just walk in from the side yeah. and so so often when people are considering their attack vectors they're looking straight ahead on the table they're mm -hmm. not looking at those firing arcs that go from one side of the table to the other you can walk on your guy with a multi-sniper rifle and start taking shots at people straight across the other side of the table. Um, I just I just took a look at him. I don't know how I didn't notice the last time, but he's BS-13 with mimetism. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, the, the Tiger Soldier is a powerful, powerful unit. Um, so it's... Um, in fact, he's, with, with Fizz-12, he's better off walking in. Yeah, yeah. Because you may as you may as well just walk in, and you can still do it practically on their deployments. I just make sure you don't. In fact, what pistol does he have? But that, just going back to pistol. what you were saying there, yeah. it goes back to table design about making sure that you uh, you think about those um, fire lanes crossways across the table, not just um, up down. Yeah. You know, from deployment zone to deployment zone. I don't know. I say one of his best profiles is a multi sniper. Well, the, he's got. 
the I wouldn't say the best product. Well, I said why not? It's one of. I mean, what the is Spitfire it? Spitfire and the boarding shotgun is pretty. No, pretty no, dope no, no. As well. I disagree. I think the best one is probably the paramedic because he's a specialist, uh, and he's got a combi rifle and a light flamethrower, yeah. which means that you're forcing your opponent to make a choice. Uh, when they ARO, and then based on their choice, you get to decide which weapon you're True. shooting them with. Yeah. True. Um, so, uh, as to the other parts of his question, why isn't Aleph the mistake? Um, I mean, that's... Uh, because Pano is always the because mistake. Because Pano is always the mistake, that's right. Um, why does the sun set and the moon rise? Well, the, the sun also I, I, rises... I, I, I got the answer for this, is because... it rotates around beneath the firmament. Yeah, because the Earth is actually flat. Mm. Get with it. Look into it. Boom. Look, we tricked fact, you guys. This is not for, an for infinity. This is not an infinity podcast. It's actually a flat Earth podcast. That's right. Exactly. Um, but snipers for one second. Um, another odd sniper that I have only ever taken once, and I will probably never take again, even though I really like the miniature, the ninja. The ninja sniper. It's To yes, but BS eleven. Just BS eleven. Yeah. yeah. BS eleven sniper is just yeah no yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I, d I don't disagree on that one. Um, now, the next uh, next question comes from our very own Kevin Hamilton. Uh, where do babies come from? The stork so, brings them, doesn't it? Well, I think, I think this is another question that is directly addressed to me because uh, as well as recently getting married, uh, my partner, Kirsty, is pregnant. Um, and uh, More congratulations for Nicholas. Thank you. Um, don't clap into the microphone, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> oh, why? The um, the uh, so our, our yeah, our little one is due on the thirtieth of October. Um, Halloween baby. Uh, so I'll let you do I'll a little bit that. of math on that one. Cancon baby. That's right. Uh, Cancon occurs <laughs> at the end of January. So if you guys want to want to want to pencil that one out, uh, then uh, then you end up with a baby uh, nine months later. And so to answer Kev's question on where do babies come from, babies come from Cancon. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need to keep going there. That's right, yes. Um, righto, next question from Peter Henry. Uh, when will Loss of Lieutenant be available on Podcast Addict? Now, apparently it, it is already. I don't know how podcasts work, um, but you can get it wherever you need to because it's got a, um, what is it, a stream or something? I don't know, but this was answered in the in the chat, so... Peter, yes, you can get it on Podcast Addict. You just need to get better at finding podcasts, apparently. That's right. Yeah. Next one from Zane Redden. Why are Nomads so good? Asking three players... Oh, um, Jacob's been playing a bit of Tunguska, so... I do have a lot can... of Bakunin. Um, when, you, when you take a look at sort of maybe your four basic factions, which is Pano, Yujing, Huck Islam, and... Nomads. Nomads are probably the most all-rounder of those four factions. They've got they, they've got the they've got the good heavy infantries, especially um, in vanilla. You've got the Holomen, you got the Cruiser Borag, even the um, uh, Taskmaster, especially the Red Fury with Crazy uh, Koalas. Uh, you've got good hacking coverage. You've got all the high-tech. Um, Weaponry, the, the missile launchers, multi-rifles, uh, ODD, TO camo, and normal uh, camo. Each of those, there's something lacking in those other four 
uh, factions. In Hak Islam, you don't have as many um, advanced weapons. Like, you don't have the uh, combi rifles or the multi rifles. And you don't really have TO either. Oh, you got one TO. Yes. Um, in, um, and in Pano and Yujing, that hacking, hacking is not quite top tier like it is in nomad pano whip is a wonderful thing <laughs> um, yeah like I, I've, I've put down here that it's purely based on the versatility they yep. can do everything mm -hmm. and um they have the right shaped pegs to fit any yeah. hole and they right and, and they and they right can, girls are just such a great hammer to yeah you. they've got they've got i mean up until before tunguska came out mm. the only area I'd say that they were lacking was in the heavy big, infantry, bulky, yeah. heavy infantry dude. And then Tunguska came out, and now they have the Kreeza Borak, which is fills that slot. Yeah. And they've so, also got the uh, the Zon Nordica. Now they've got that fast unit, grabs an objective, comes back like Eugene's got the um, Sujan. Not mm -hmm. quite the same, obviously. Sujan is another killer <laughs> fish. Another level. Um, yeah, there, there's nothing that they don't, they can't do, and honestly, there's nothing that they can't do well. Mm. Um, probably the only thing you might find is that when you first look at them, they might seem a bit scatter focused. But I mean, it, it, I think it really just depends on on when when you make your list, you want to bring that focus in yourself. Yeah, and you can uh, really focus in on any area of the game because they can they can attack any area of the game so exactly um moving on to the next question from uh from daniel viz one cade uh daniel asks what's the name of your self-help book john what's the name of your self-help book toha or how i learned to stop worrying and love the symbiote mate <laughs> jacob how to give up and get used to losing <laughs> Oh, that's that's depressing. Um, my self help book is always shoot because crits happen. That's the title okay. of my self help book. Um, uh, next one, uh, Gavin Bateman. What do you think is the most underrated unit? Uh, for me, the most underrated you un underrated unit is the toolbox bot. Sixteen point remote that does everything. Um, I'll take them all the time because they've got sensor, they've got triangulated fire, they just. They're a specialist because they're a forward observer. They're just the so much utility yeah. in such a little package with a great movement of six four, uh, and it's just so cheap too. Um, I think they're, they're they're very underrated in mm. their in their ability. Yep. Particularly triangulated fire um, when when you've got something that's at a long long range with like it might be a sniper in cover and. You're like, yeah, I'll shoot at it, and I'm just on neg three. Yeah, or even um, and just the addition of, they all got flash pulse bot. Uh, they all got flash pulses because mm. they're all forward observers, and especially with the new sectorials, invincible army, Tunguska, uh, you get to put them in five man links. So suddenly they become whip sixteen in zero mm. range bands, which stretch almost across the entire board. Yeah. Oof. What do you guys think? Um, I, I had oh. So, I think you've I think you've honestly probably picked. Um, I got the best pro one probably the top the best tier, choice. The best top choice. tier <laughs> underrated. Uh, I might say some of the baggage, uh, baggage, remotes. Uh, baggage remotes, especially if you play an army that might have things that need reloading. Um, but I think one that's ignored a lot, especially now that Infinity's moved a little bit more sectorial heavy, is the combined armies. 
um, I think it's the e-drone, their Evo repeater. Okay. Oh, Evo repeater. Sorry, Evo, Evo hacker. Yeah. But theirs in particular, because A, theirs has a combi rifle. No other, no other Evo repeaters are armed. Secondly, it has a, it's the only unit in the game to have a hacking program called, ex, uh, not Expel, uh, Exile. And Exile works on any single unit in the game, so long as it's in a fire, uh, fire team. Oh, and it kicks it out, out of the fire it, team. And, and not only does it kick it out of the fire team, it isolates it. As well as... As well as, as, well as breaking the fire team. So it doesn't just take that target out of the fire team, it I'm breaks pretty, the whole I, fire I, team. I, I, I'm going to take Some, a look right now, check. but I'm pretty sure it breaks the entire fire team. Yeah. John, did you have an um, over-underrated unit? I don't know. It, uh, I struggle because I think the way Infinity is... Everything everything's, can do something. Exactly. Yeah. But I think from my playing of JSA the last year, um, the Ryukan that is not the... Um, Forward, uh, forward deployment ODD um, major um, Makoto Kusanagi alike um, the heavy rocket launcher mm. uh, with the limited camo oh yep because it's got mine layer so you can throw down a couple mm. of camo tokens um, and then just you know surprise hello and you know heavy rocket launch somebody and if you hit them keep making those saves cool I'll probably also say the um, Aragotos I see. I still have never managed to make them work. They're the unit that got me to play Infinity, and I've never made them work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember that the main thing is that they're unlike most bikes, uh, normal impetuous. So if you don't want to move them, don't move them. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, all right. So we've got we've come to the last question. Oh, that's from, sad. From the list. I was having fun. Uh, which is from. It's actually. I, I say it's the last question. He's really asked one, two, three questions. <laughs> so, yes. So <laughs> you're not quite done with this yet. Um, Lachlan McNeil asks, why do we not have a Helot miniature? Because CB realised that they're ugly. He then asks, uh, are there events that are beginner friendly? And the third part of the question, what are the top five tips for beginner players that older players should remember as well? Um, well, the answer for the Helot miniature is obvious that we already do have a Helot miniature. It came as a Liberto in a pre-order for the Daedalus Falls book. And if you didn't pre-order that book four times, that's your own problem. Third offensive. But was it third offensive? It was third offensive. You sure it wasn't Daedalus? No, Daedalus no, was that the... came um, with the, um, one of the Toa ones. Oh my no, God, Daedalus was the brawler hacker. Uh, oh, it was yeah. too. Well, it's the second time that I've, that I've stuffed up a, a really witty line that I had pre-written. That's <laughs> terrible. But um, it was close enough. It was, it was. The, the thought was there. Yes. Um, are there events that are beginner friendly? I think most of the events that we go to are beginner friendly. In that, well, the people there are beginner friendly. But I, you, I, I get, I get where you're coming at. Are there? <coughs> if if you're a beginner and you're going to like when I started playing, um, I probably got half. I, I I I first started in a slow grow league where we played one night every week, mm-hmm. and then um, after that I went straight into playing in tournaments. Uh, I lost. A lot yeah. uh, and if you're a new player and you're going into the tournament scene don't expect to win yeah. um, go into each game thinking about what it is you're going to be able to learn from that game um, so are there I mean if, but in saying that to answer the questions more di- more directly are there events that are beginner friendly there definitely are 100%. events that are, that are beginner like friendly like our slow grows for that's, example that's right um, John and Julian have been running a slow grow league event escalation thing with three events each of them are designed towards newer players each event had probably half of the people there are new-ish the other half are more experienced 
older veterans. And um, what that meant was that the older people, the older players are there not because they're going to be able to stomp some newbies, but just to help grow our community yeah. scene and, and, and show these new people how to play. So, yeah. so I they, mean, we, we, I, I was at the first round of the slow grow, and every, everyone who had been playing for a while um, knew who was there and who was targeted at. So if you're an experienced player, um, you're there partly just to freshen up on maybe some basics, um, but to help out another person. I think I played, I, I think each of my rounds was against, uh, my, I don't know, my first two rounds were against a new player. And I was just like, I'm going to help this um, person. I had an, had an incident where we had to even uh, tweak the rules a little bit because it was like his first game mm. um, uh, to make it uh, fair for him. And I'm more, I was more, people are more than happy to do that sort of thing because it's not about winning, it's about giving. In that this ca- this particular case, um, it's about giving an experience to somebody that you hope will come back. That's right, and I think that's the reason why we all play Infinity. It's for the people. I mean, the game's great, but you know, it's the people that make it. That's right. Um, okay, the final part of his question: What are the top five tips for a beginner player that older players should remember as well? Um, so if you want to, have you guys written down five tips? Or? I, I, I would honestly rewind and go and listen to our deployment again. What we talked about well, in deployment. What we talked about, uh, yeah, about definitely. deploying. It, it, when, I, when I look at the things that I put here, um, the two of them, learn how to ARO, we kind of already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, be aware of your facings. Yes, um, hugely. Which we, we talked about a bit in the deployment question, but um, being aware of your facings, not just facing everything forwards at, oh, your, yes. at yep. your enemy because that will sting you um, I put here avoid tilt um, and the reason why I say that is because uh, particularly for newer players um, when you might start to lose and you might get the shits a little bit and like like there's no way I can win this game I was playing a game against a fairly new player in our area or I mean she's, she's new-ish Ella um, and she I, I got some really good moves off in my first turn and then she came back to like in her late late second turn in her third turn to start to stomp me i'm like all right this this is is starting to get serious i i I struggled keeping julian's um, attention on our game because your game was so exciting (laughs) next to us you you need it well i want want to describe it just what, what happened with the morlock Oh, so yeah, the, the, I had a um, uh, a five man link or a, a, a Wu Ming pain train, so heavy infantry core link, and a Morlock ran around the corner, got into close combat with one of them uh, with an EM close combat weapon, and isolated and immobilized him. Moved into close combat with the next one, isolated and immobilized. Moved into close combat with the third one, did the same thing again, like ju- dodging through smoke the whole way. Um, it was it, like really shifted how that game how that game moved and. And, and so Infinity is the kind of game where even if you start off on a bad foot because you've been kicked in the teeth in your first mm. turn, crits can still happen, the dice can still turn in your way if you can just keep keep on side. And I think that's a really valuable lesson for, for, mm. for new players as well as, as, well as older players. Um, the other two things that I put are attend events. And uh, like I said before, when I first started playing, I, I jumped straight into, into going to events. Um, and then the last one is just play more games. That's how yep. you, that's how you learn. That's how you get better. That's how you start to experience all the different yep. rules and different factions and different aspects of the game. Is yep. play more. And I, I 
at the moment right now, I, I, I had a big-ish holiday. I'm feeling that right now. I haven't had a game in a long while before my recent games. Um, and it does it does just fly out of your brain and you just forget that muscle memory everything. Yeah, you get rusty. Yeah. Um, For me, yeah. I think one other thing I would say is remember that winning isn't everything. Yes, of course, you want to you want to win, but remember that you know playing the game is the fun part. Yeah. Um, I think my only bit to add to that is. Uh, oh, sorry, I just I, I you, you it felt like you were just about to disagree with jo- what John just said. The way the <laughs> fun, way the way you fun. were the way you were you striking <laughs> your chin. You're like I'm just gonna have to disagree with you there, John. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remind myself what non-baby cheeks looks what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, I shaved, uh, my, sorry, what, I shaved what, my beard off this afternoon, so yeah, like baby face, Nick. Yeah, that's it. Got to say it. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Kevin. Um, is that? Both if you're an experienced player and if you're a new player, if your opponent is constantly missing, constantly rolling ones, or conversely, uh, your opponent or you yourself are constantly rolling crits, it's not only okay, but important for both players to admit that that game was decided on the dice. This is a dice game, and sometimes it's going to happen. uh, And it's important that if you've just rolled five crits in a row that you let your opponent opponent know that you are as in as much disbelief as they are of course and that like that comes back to the whole tilt issue yeah that where avoiding tilt isn't just on the person who is losing losing as as an as to as the person on the other side of the table you can often see when that situation's arising and yep. and you can do everything you can to engage with that person and be like like sure, sometimes you'll get a ro- you'll get a run of crits, and there's nothing that you can do about it. Um, and uh, and for the person who's getting those crits, you've got to be gracious to like mm. massage yeah, be that. Be a good through. good winner as exactly. well as a good yeah. loser. That's right. I think the one other thing that I had on my list was um, particularly if you're playing an, an ITS mission, remember the mission. Nick Big Nick well, Nick can definitely. Uh, Oh relate God. to that one. Nick, Nick, Nick is the loss of lieutenant champion at <laughs> losing games by putting his opponent in retreat. I it's think happened, it's happened three times happened that I know three, ta- three games in like, and these are like clutch games in tournaments where I have absolutely just like with, with I was the just, red like, mist came down. Yeah, I was, I was. I intended to talk about this on the Alpha Strike episode that we did recently, but just it just completely slipped my mind. But the amount of times where I've gone hard in the first turn and just killed so many things, and then second turn comes around, I'm like, yeah, he's got nothing left. I'll just keep killing things, and he starts his second turn in retreat, does gets one <laughs> objective point because I've gotten zero up until then, and just takes the game by one. Uh, and it's <laughs> it's 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 frustrating. I wish I would learn, but I won't. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is it is fun. Yeah, exactly. take take the moral victory in that, that case. That's, that's right. Yeah. So um, I mean, that sort of comes to the end of our Q and A. Thanks uh, thanks to everybody out there who who shot us through questions. That's right. Um, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll it was. Pro- we'll probably do another one um, in maybe I don't know six months time once people have had the time to think up some more questions but and once um, people have gotten to the uh, redacted 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 yeah yeah once that redacted becomes un- unredacted then oh, I think things are gonna definitely be unredacted 
Um, so groundbreaking, so, unprecedented. Yeah, I don't know what, don't know what you're talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> neither any, do I. Admittedly, any, any final words from um, from you guys? Um, sign up for the slow crowd yeah. uh, if you're in Melbourne. Um, 17th of July. Nope, 14th, 13th July. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't you, it? You were so close. So close. <laughs> Saturday, 13th July, House of War will be upstairs. In new and exciting experience, we'll be uh, in the room that we never normally get to go in. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, I've never it's been the War, there. It's the Warhammer room. Oh, no, it's the None of Wadding War Games Association space. Oh, does it smell funny up there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, I've been Nick. I've been Jacob. I've been John. And you've been listening to Loss of Lieutenant. <laughs>